Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Eleven o'clock hour, it's Cody and Gold. Get to the trash of the day in about 20 minutes or so. Cody's still got a pretzel. Pre- Cody's water. still got a pretzel in his I, mouth. I ate some pretzels. And, uh, the brakes are a little short right now. The brakes are a little short. I'm gonna Not go get it. You know? Barely any time for Cody to Boy, eat his pretzel. Boy, these pretzels sure Those... are making me thirsty. <laughs> That's exactly right. That water all the way over there. A lot of long walk for Cody to go get that bottle of water. He's all, all is good now. Yeah. Why could? By I'm way, back. Why, why is there a reason why you couldn't have just had a sip of the Dr Pepper that was right next to you already? I yeah, you water. had a beverage. Waters are better for. Well, yeah, but in a, in a pinch. Dr. Pepper probably could have gotten the job done. <laughs> it's like five seconds. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But those five seconds add up. Okay. Look, I'm not from you in particular in the food eating department on this mm-hmm. show. That's the last person I'm taking but advice from. But all of from. the time that I miss on the show is manufactured by you. The second you see me eat a bite of food, you send it to me. Which at no That's point- exactly what just happened here. You well, could have ignored host. it. You're the host. We all have specific roles on this show. Mm-hmm. I produce, you host. The break was a minute shorter than I was expecting. It was short. It did seem a little short. All of a sudden, I realized, I'm like, ah. Gotta be ready for everything, man. I recovered. We're back. Show's on. You gotta step it up before Club 610 starts at 1 o'clock. No, I'm actually saving all of my best stuff for the 1 o'clock Your best stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Can't wait You get my best effort at 1 o'clock. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You get, like... 70, 80 percent now. Okay, I was today, about to say. today is also <laughs> across the country. I guess not just it's not just our work, but it's Employee Appreciation Day across the country. And so we got an email today that said, you know, the, the company kitchen that we've talked about that has like the the Boomer Assisen stole from Boomer stole from, and also the egg salad sandwich. That's what, yeah. that that kitchen. We got an email saying that basically everything's free today. So is the egg salad sandwich in there? I don't know. Everything's we should free. see if Aaron Land will eat it when he comes in. Everything's at free today. So you just you just grab what and truly today Boomer's Boomer would have been fine. He just that's what he thought it was anyway. But today you can just go and grab it. So how many different snacks are you actually going to grab today? Because it's just it's it's free. I don't know, probably just the one. Okay. How many are you? How so many are you far, up to I've now? I had a granola, my normal stuff, granola bar and a Gatorade, which is what okay, I normally so you're up would to get. Two. And I'll, at later I'll probably end up getting 
Like Reese's peanut no, butter cups. No, it said keep it to two. It said uh, it, a couple. It a couple. said a couple. A, a couple, couple is two. I'm getting it's 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 free today. I'm gonna get my normal snacks. No gold. A couple my is two. My normal snacks. If you get a third one, I'm telling. It's normal snacks. I'm not going crazy. I'm getting my normal allotment that I would have. It's imp- it's you employee can, appreciation day. They're, they're they don't appreciate you that much. They're appreciating me today. Not that much. Okay. So please be respectful and choose a couple of items. Couple is two. A few most. is three. So you're saying few. it says a couple, but like, why say it's free and then be like only grab two? Well, because they don't want you grabbing six packages of Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, who's doing that? What time is uh, what time I is think the drive? What three. time is the drive on today? Two o'clock. Okay, there you go. That's the answer. Yeah, there's your answer. You're accusing them? No, I'm just. You asked who would do it, and I was who just, would do it. I was just telling you what time the drive was on. Today. Well, they do have a history of stealing and thievery. Yes, we've seen it this week. <laughs> yeah, so. um, um, perhaps multiple times. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. You see, like, Carrington coming out with, like, nine bags of chips under his arms. You'll know what happened. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let's Oop. talk some Chiefs football. Then we'll get to what Amir Garrett had to say this morning on Fesco in the morning. Offensive line conversation centers around Orlando Brown Jr. We know that. Understand it. Franchise tag deadline coming up in, what, four or five days? And then they still have to decide what they want to do with him. But there are conversations that I'm sure are ongoing and have to be considered elsewhere on the O-line. Our guy Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Joe Tooney, all three. And really, you can add Wiley, I guess, to the conversation, too. But that, that's a now problem. We're talking about a year from now, decisions will also have to be made on, on the other three guys we mentioned there. I think it's becoming kind of vitally important that if your big goal is to always have a top five offensive line every year, then you are going to have to value it somewhat significantly in this year's draft and or offseason. Because I was trying to think about how many guys on an offensive line would you realistically be paying at the same time? And maximum, unless it's a very cheap veteran deal, is two. Two big-named, two high-priced for their position. So right now, that has been Orlando Brown Jr. and Joe Tooney. Everyone else is pretty cheap. You're not paying anybody anything else, so problem solved. But one year from now, you will have in, it'll be time to make decisions on long-term futures of Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. And then Joe Tooney's contract would likely be the, like, well, we're not going to keep paying him. So, okay, no more. In a year, you could say, uh, let's cut Joe Tooney and save the money. In a year, you think, and we all think that it's at least a a semi-likely scenario that Orlando Brown Jr. plays one more year in case, so he's gone. Okay, so no left tackle, no left guard. We pay Creed Humphrey. But we're going to have to pay a right tackle or a left tackle somewhere along the way, most likely in the free agency pool. So you're going to pay Creed and Trey Smith at the same time? Even if you do, that means the other three positions are open to well, hopefully, You're going to have to start thinking about the draft now. If it's a draft a year ahead thing, the offensive line should be a focus of this year's draft, even though it seems silly because what, they can walk into this year and have a top five offensive line. They're, they're good. Yeah. They have a top five offensive line right now. Problem solved. But they're going to have to think more long-term than that. That kind of makes me wonder about right tackle long-term. There are several right tackle options available this year that will be high-priced but will be very good. Yeah, this is, this is to me... The, the way you solve what you're discussing from a year or two from now is doing it through the draft. I mean, you, you were able to find two of the guys you mentioned in the draft anyway. Uh, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith were guys that you drafted, homegrown talents. I, I think that is an opportunity when you're going to have, let's say, 10 picks again in this year's draft, an opportunity for you to maybe they surprise us all and at pick 31, it won't be the sexy pick, but maybe they draft the right tackle at 31 a guy they blew. We know last year they drafted Kennard, who just never really developed in year one. We'll see what their thought process is on him. I mean, right now you can't expect anything, but that, that was a guy they, they liked coming out of college. 
Lucas Niang, we've talked about. Like, we're, what, I'm kind of done on that. Like, what, if you, you know, by a miracle, if he ends up being something great, but you're not, he's not part of your plans. It's just kind of like he's a body, and if something happens, fine. But we're so far removed of him being drafted and him playing real football that that's not, that's not an option for them. So I, I think the draft, I don't, I don't want them to go spend big money on a right tackle in free agency. I'd be fine either with that keep, if they're planning on keep, moving from Orlando either, Brown Jr. Keep, either keep Andrew Wiley or, or go and draft a, a right tackle pretty high. Let me make the argument for right tackle and why you spend that money on free agency instead of Orlando Brown Jr. That you tag and trade Orlando Brown Jr. Is this is the same argument we've had at tight end versus elite wide receiver. An elite level right tackle, one of which is likely to be available because most reports are that Mike McGlitchie is not going to get picked up from San Francisco and that he will be a free agent right tackle. He's one of three very good right tackles, not including Andrew Wiley, by the way, who might be available in the free agency market this year. An elite level right tackle right now, like him, would expect to cost you somewhere between 15 and $17 million. That is eight to $10 million less than you would be expected to pay a guy like Orlando Brown Jr., who will not be the best player in his position. So for $10 million less a year, you can have someone who is the best or the top three at their position at an important position. You roll with Creed Humphrey, you figure out right and left guard over the next two years worth of draft. And yeah, admittedly, you're still going to have to figure out left tackle, a very important position. Aren't you just moving just, the problem, to the, literally moving the problem to the other side? I am, but I'm saving $10 million in the process. I, I like, I'm, and I don't know if I'm alone, but I, no, I, I like what you're saying. And over the, the setup years, just kind of uh, makes sense where you'd be better served to spend it that way. Over the years, the gap between the importance of left and right tackle has has, has narrowed, right? You know, for it's always been left tackle, left tackle, left tackle. But the and pricing still, point hasn't. It still is left tackle as far as the more important position, but the gap is narrow. Right tackles are becoming more important. Teams are lining up edge rushers all over the field and we've seen it just yeah positionally time, people as, are moving as, around as, a lot more sure. as, as time has gone on so it's not the same having this conversation is not the same now as it was in 2014 or or, or 2015 um my whole thing whenever we bring up orlando brown you know my always my my question always is just like all right what are you what are you doing at left tackle and to me it's just moving the problem to the other side and i, I don't want to move the problem but for to, less money the, i don't want to move the yeah but i don't i don't it, it's less money but not necessarily it's less money at right tackle but i still have to I still have to have the performance and the money that's yeah, going to take. But so unless you think the best case scenario, Cody, is they do what you're doing and they find their left tackle in the draft. That's that's best case scenario. It is. That's absolute best case scenario. But from this perspective, the $10 million you save right a year means you could sign Trey Smith. So now the entire right side of your offensive line is good. Yeah, I'm not really worried Center about right finding right interior. Like I'm, I think finding, with all due respect to Trey Smith, and I think he's great. Finding interior fi- finding offensive a right guard. I know the they just spent, the they, they're paying the highest left guard money to Joe Tooney right now because they want to be a lead on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think they can find an interior. Like, I, if you're asking me what's easier to replace through the draft over the next two years, finding a right guard through the draft or finding a left or right tackle. Obviously you can find an elite right guard well, at the end of the first Well, round. going back to that James Palmer report from last week. Yeah. He said that the Chiefs view Trey Smith as their most talented offensive lineman. Now, he's not the value position like you just said, but if you view a guy as the most talented player on your line, he probably bumps up a spot or two in terms of your priority list. And they've historically not paid centers at us as a franchise, but also couldn't you make the argument that Brett Veach values centers more because he spent a second-round pick on him? It's like if you're paying both of those guys, it Nick, I'm not crazy, right? It makes more sense to pay the right tackle a lot of money because of the money you can save. And I get it. You're still going to have a huge hole at left tackle. We're and I understand assuming, we're the big assuming, concern of that that is for you. Yeah, like we're also assuming Creed Humphrey is 100% getting a contract. I, I think so. 
But this show will riot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. All this works. Actually, you know what? I'll riot before then. <laughs> I'll riot if if Orlando Brown Jr. gets a long term contract. I think I'm gonna riot. Here's why everything you're I talking don't, I about. I think he gets a deal that. But we're in the minority. You guys, so but we're in the minority. I feel like you think well, every. You think most Chiefs fans want Orlando Brown Jr. on a long term deal? No, 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 no. Not necessarily want. I think just based off like just kind of viewing conversations somewhat vaguely, hmm. feels like most people expect him to get a long term deal. I think it's because Brett Veach offered that contract last year, so there is clear decided interest from them to keep their left tackle in place. That's, has that ever but been in doubt? Like we all, we, no, this goes back, but to, also like the money is still clearly, ex- when did the I, money ever that, get closer? That's what I'm saying. Like there's never been any doubt that they would like him to be their left tackle four years from now. I think, yeah, they made I, that clear. I, I think they truly believe that <laughs> and, and that's how they feel. But what you said that you can want somebody here for four years. Plenty of teams want players. They had to let go in free agency. It's just the money doesn't work out. And if the gap still exists, like it did at the end of last season, there's no reason to believe that suddenly the gap has narrowed financially. Orlando Brown's coming off a great Super Bowl performance. In his mind, he's probably feeling himself more than he ever has. And then on the Chiefs' end, all right, okay, maybe that was worth a few bucks, but it's not still where he's wanting to be, and that's why he's going to get tagged and why I think he's either going to get traded or he's still going to play on the tag here in 2023. Like that, my, my actual guess is that he will be the left tackle in 2023 on the tag for a second time at $20 million or whatever it is. But still, if that's the case, and you might not be wrong, then you better start thinking about the future of your offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I think this, this offense, year's draft, think, no matter doubt. And I think this front office has shown that they are proactive, that they are willing to to look ahead. This would, you know, like we've talked a lot about like how you can get away with wide receiver and all these things. This year should have also taught you that if you give Patrick Mahomes an elite level offensive line, which is what he got this year, elite level offensive line play, it doesn't matter who's around him, right? I mean, you could make that argument for this year. Give him elite level offensive line play. He had pretty much the same starting five. Did anybody, like, Tooney missed a game? Like, how many total yeah. games did the starting five offensive line miss this year? One? Tooney missed a game? I don't remember Orlando Brown it. missing a game. That was it. Okay, so one. Like, if you give him elite level offensive line play, you might be somewhere. And maybe that goes back to the, well, they learned that. how do you spend an offensive line versus defensive line and all of those things. And we talk about weapons around quarterbacks all the time. But having an elite offensive line is the same thing as drafting them a wide receiver. I mean, I think we we learned the organization's feeling on that after the the Bucks Super Bowl. I mean, I think we, that was pretty clear how they felt about that. Like basically, that's never happening again. Was their mentality, and they went out and drafted and traded for a left tackle. I mean, like they they said, we're not having that mess again. Now with Patrick Mahomes recorded, we're not that offensive line. We're, what happened again against the Bucks? That yeah, that's never happening again. And I understand there were injuries that were controllable, but still. Like we're, we're, we're making sure our, our guy we just gave a 10-year deal to, we're making sure he has one of the best offensive lines in front of him. And I think that is something they are going to actively try to continue to withstand uh, through other challenges financial uh, down the road. Earlier today, Amir Garrett was on with Fesco in the morning, of course, from Surprise, Arizona. Uh, Amir Garrett was talking about uh, the clubhouse. And multiple guests we've had on our show have mentioned the difference in camp so far, different vibe, looser, that fits some, some players better than maybe what it was uh, under the prior regime. Uh, this is what Amir Garrett had to say about his clubhouse experience last year. Uh, what I used to tell the guys last year, like when I first came over here, this is my personal opinion. When I walked in, I was like, and, and got around the guys for a little bit and seen how tell you, I was like, this is not a big league environment. I was like, this is not a big league environment. And I try to do as much as I could to get guys comfortable. I mean, obviously, because you guys, you have a whole bunch of rookies. You have guys that don't think they can talk, don't think they can speak, you know, and it's like, that's not how it should be. 
you know, and it's just, you know, guys are respectful, but it's like they're not comfortable. So I told, I told guys all the time, hey, man, listen, be who you want to be. You know, obviously you be respectful to the vets or the coaches, the staff, whatever, but be who you want to be. You know what I mean? You want to come in here and you want to, you want to, you want to talk, like, go ahead and talk. You want to change the music, you know, do your due diligence, ask, you know, for a song or request a song, you can do that. You know, because when I came up, it was like, no, no, no. Like, you stay at your locker and you be quiet, like, that's it. Uh, and guys, I just felt guys were uncomfortable. And, um, you know, this year I see I see a big difference, which I, I which I love because these young guys are going to have to become themselves. They're going to have to love to come to the field every single day and enjoy their work. And I feel like last year that just wasn't happening. There was a little bit last year when we had Vern on weekly, and Vern had mentioned like they were feeling it's around one of the, the clubhouse. weirdest yeah. clubhouses. Yeah, and yeah. so I mean that. I mean, and confirms that, it. And you're hearing it directly from a player who's been in the league for a while. As he mentioned, he's been around other clubhouses and knows the feeling of, of what most big league clubs ha- clubhouses were like. And I think it's it's even more important for a young team to, to make sure that it's, quote unquote, the right atmosphere in a clubhouse that you kind of don't get soured by. And this was part of our conversation last year when they traded away a couple of veterans, including Whit Merrifield from Matt. Like the way like you, you can't have that kind of energy in a clubhouse with young guys like that's that is not what you want you're trying to have a bunch of guys come up from the minors and and establish themselves you, then that's that's what the mindset or that's what the atmosphere was like in the clubhouse a year ago that's well, not that's good. that's the problem it's like the anti james shield situation it's like everybody every veteran who was still around when all these guys got called up were the ones who had done nothing but lose not that's all they'd yeah. ever done in kansas city in the uniform just lost all the time pretty consistently it was like just salvador perez and everyone else had just lost, 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 lost. You know? And it's, I think when you're looking at it, Amir Garrett's probably right. And overall, it's it was, it was noticeable. And them feeling more comfortable should not put an unreasonable expectation in better performance across the board if they don't seem uncomfortable coming to their job. Like Vinny Pasquantino, we, you know, we've had him on so many times in the show now. But, like, he... Uh, like one of the, you know, like the stepping on the toes things that Mary Garrett's talking about. Like we do the song and all that stuff, and he's like, oh, I, I hadn't heard it and all those things. Because same stuff. You don't want to like show up to big leagues or all that. But it's like it's your locker room. Like this is your clubhouse because it's all you. You're all under 26. You guys are going to have to decide on the personality of this grouping. But here's the thing where it comes back to the same thing. Part of the reason that they felt stiff about it is Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny seemed like the kind of guy who just be like loose and easy party time. Seem like he'd be real, real like easy going, walking into a clubhouse gold. The guy who runs 78 miles before stepping into the baseball diamond who like, st- no, that is not like he was go, 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 go. Win at all costs. Whit Merrifield pretty much openly admitted that in an interview in the show that he is a pretty intense dude on an everyday basis for a sport that's 162 yeah, like games. Ned, Ned Yost was watching Netflix before games or whatever, yeah. right? And, and but everybody, and by the way, I'm not saying that that mentality can't work. I just don't think it was the right fit for this young group of players. There's plenty of managers that are hard asses in the league and, and, and they have success. So nobody's saying that that's not, that's not something that can work, but I don't know if that works when you have so many young pieces like the Royals have. And that I think was part of the, part of the conversation, part of the equation, why we've looked at where, where they're at now. I, I don't like hearing like you, you like it and you don't because he's like the well, vibe's now it's different. different now. So now it's, now you're moved on from it. It's frustrating from last year, but it's, that's not what's going on or likely going to go on this year. But so it's also, you could tell. 
like you and I, like you've been around, like even at this point, you've been around enough locker rooms and clubhouses. You're like, when they describe that, you're not like, what? The clubhouse, like it had a weird vibe to you. You're like, no, that tracks. I know we didn't go to the clubhouse. It's not like covering a team every day. I know we didn't go to the Royals but clubhouse. Vern was there times. every day and he mentioned it, Cody. Yeah, you know, so. and we went 15 times or 20, like enough times where you're like, the vibe's a little bit different. And I get it. It's an everyday sport and all those things. But having like as many young, exciting players they have, You'd think that this would be one of the f- more fun clubhouses in all of baseball. But you know what it was? Everyone was like, is my job safe? Every pitcher. Oh, am I going to keep my job? Because they all went up and down all year. They all had to like every, like a bunch of these position players, like it took them too long to get up. Or when they got up, like there was a little bit of back and forth for them as well. Like even Olavars doesn't matter. All of those guys. Because I've heard that about Jackson Core. Vern said that to us earlier this week where it's, they don't want to say, hey, you're just a bullpen guy until he's just a bullpen guy. Because they're not trying to rattle his confidence back and forth about who he is as a pitcher. When they decide that this is who you are, it's a lot different. This is going to be big for the Royals this year. They are going to need a better culture thing. And maybe they do need the James Shields trade where it's just like the guy who knows how to big league clubhouse work shows up and shows them the way. But the problem is you got to be one of the best players in the team when you do that. You have to take a huge swing, you know? And they took that swing when the Royals were on the cusp of becoming something great. And when will that be for the Royals? We've talked about timeline before. It's probably not this year. So if you're talking about that James Shield trade, it'd be next year or the year after. By that time, those guys will have already decided their identity in a way. You know, two, three, four years in the big leagues. They would have figured out who they are. Trash of the day. All right, trash of the day. This comes from a entertainment blog, basically. It has to do with a couple celebrities. Nick, you golf a lot, so I don't know. Maybe this is the kind of stuff you guys make bets on, too. I don't know. But I'll just read the... Uh, it's an ominous start. <laughs> I'll just read the... Well, we do well, bet. Besides, we do bet on the course. Well, I'm not talking about the goose incident. That wasn't a bet. They're like, bet can you kill a goose? It says, <laughs> I have to whip it out if I lose. Michael Douglas reveals that Catherine Zeta-Jones makes him flash her as a forfeit when they play golf together. What? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Start uh-huh. over from the very beginning. I have to whip it out if I lose, Michael Douglas Slower. reveals. No, because you're going to make a cut. <laughs> Sorry, not happening. Why don't you read it, Nick? Well, it sounds like what is happening here is the actor, Michael Douglas, famously of Wall Street. And plenty of other things, but yeah. Has to show his wife his penis if he loses at golf. Yes. That's right. He is in his 70s. She's still like 53 years old. Well, they're married, so yeah, I, age I, is a number. No, I'm just saying, good for him. They still got a nice... They, you know what? Whatever you got to do, create <laughs> that spark. Yeah, that's it. You know what? If that's, if that's what keeps this train moving, I so just, be it. It seems what? like an interesting bet to me. I don't my believe favorite comment, My favorite comment already on this is, and that's why Michael Douglas should have been put in the put in flash, and I will let myself out. Some of, some of the Twitter comments. Are I mean, great. can you? I can't think of anything I would rather not see than Michael Douglas's. <laughs> this is where thing. The, this is where after the, a round of golf, he just walked eighteen. It's probably a yeah, sweaty and stuck and sh- up against his legs. Yeah. Yeah. This is also where Cody, Cody Cody also said. <laughs> this is also why the age thing did matter. By the way, I'm just saying. If we're also like, by the way, this is this reminds me of like the worst thing of like. Old, like 70 plus year old you're at the gym and they're the only people that would ever walk around naked this is like a ma- that's exactly what this is but mm-hmm. she's interested they're married you know yeah. she still likes to i don't think it's a sexual thing i don't think it's a sexual thing you think it's all. like to embarrass him yes <laughs> <laughs> 
By the know, way, did he say what the opposite of this? What does he get if he beats her? I don't know. That's I mean, there's no question. way she has anything that could be as grotesque as what he's doing. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones is very attractive. Yeah, she is. He's yeah. getting the much better end of this deal if it's just a uh, a one-for-one yeah, one flashing situation. The attractiveness isn't isn't the thing. It's just that uh, it's just like there's nothing. Said, here's, there's the nothing. Whole, here's the whole context to to the story. So this was he clarified. He did an interview and he clarified to the Guardian. That he, uh, he said, there have been times when we're playing alone and I have to give her a little show because we are competitive. But only when I play with my wife, he added. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important distinction. The actress uh, called herself a better player. Uh, and they make other not safe for work bets while golfing. Oh, my. We have a bet that if he ducks a shot, he has to drop his pants. Uh, she so just if he dumps one, he's got to drop his pants. Oh, no. She said there's been issues with paparazzi, so I make him go into the bushes. A deal is a deal. Wow. This is all a lie. This is all made I up. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. It sounds... They're just trying to have fun still. Yeah. Look, when you've got a bunch of money and fame, you got to find other ways to excite yourself, Nick. Yeah, you'd know all about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two things. Cody, what do you? Yeah, what do you? What, what, do, what do you guys do to keep it? No, I have up? never. I have never publicly flashed at a golf course. No. The last time we ended up having this conversation, we were talking about public sex, and I'm not. I'm not getting that conversation. Oh yeah, you were at the park. Rolled back in. You were at the park. Wait, you don't want to talk about what? Cody had sex at a park. Remember? That's that's true. Okay. Why are we bringing this back up? You just brought it up. I said I didn't want to talk about but you it. You brought it up, but you did bring it up. Uh, okay, it relates I, to the current topic. Okay, Cody's that guy though. Cody's that guy <laughs> who'll bring up something and be like, "I don't want to talk about all the sex I've had." No, I was trying to avoid the other conversation. It felt relevant to the conversation that yeah. this would come up. Would you be willing to do this from a sports betting perspective? So you find a, a, a nice lady that you guys are betting on the opposite thing. Would you be willing to incorporate this into your betting? It's adding another layer, gold. What do you think? I don't know. Feels like a no. Uh. You happy, Cody? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Am I happy with what? That comment? Uh, the whole, everybody's looking at you. I don't like it. Wanting to talk about sex and all the sex you've had. This is the thing he brought up the trash of the day. I'd like to be left out of this now. Yeah, but you, you somehow, you have this uncanny ability to make everything about you. I don't think so. I was trying to make it about Alex and his dating life well, after and his interest in making sexual-based ba- bets with a future significant other. You're gross, man. You disgust. That's grosser than Mike than Michael Douglas's penis after a round of golf. <laughs> There's just no way that's accurate. Yeah. There's just we found the only thing, the <laughs> only thing on the planet more, more disgusting. There's just no way that has to be the top of the and list. And that raisin he's whipping out oh, after 18. <laughs> Text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Someone says she's got a thing for old dudes. She was dry humping Sean Connery 25 years ago, and he was 97 years old. So Is much- Sean Connery still with us? No. No, uh, he passed away, what, three years ago? Let's find out. At least you asked this time versus the Franco Harris situation. He passed away in 2020, so three, three years ago. 2020, unfortunately. All time. Legend.
I was hoping he'd live forever. Exactly how I thought this conversation would end, with an R.I.P. Sean Connery <laughs> moment. <laughs> we'll miss you, man. How else, would you, how, else, how else would you have liked it to end? Do you want, you want it to end when Nick nope. was talking about someone pulling out a raisin? No, that feels better. Prayers up. Uh, moments like this are when I'm glad we have the video stream because they just see yeah. how quickly how we red devolve. you are, how bright red you get. Oh yeah, how quickly this show devolves. It's a Friday after all. It is a Friday. Club six ten coming up uh, at one o'clock today. Up next though, we get back to some Chiefs football and the Chiefs red half hour and how the draft is the only option for one thing. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Thank you, Mitch. Not whatever robot did it that one time. I still, what, can you, uh, what was that? What was that? Nick doesn't have his headphones on, so he doesn't know. Nick's just trying to figure some stuff out back there, like what the robot was. He doesn't know. Does he need an intern to help him out? He does. We need more applications. Did you guys want me to forge you those resumes, yes. or do you want me to just yes. toy them all I for would, myself? I would like to see them as well. Yeah. So I we're think prepared I'll, be, for I'll the, do the evaluation so we're, process. So what? I'll let you know what you need to see. I think I think Nick and I need to see them as well for our internship. So Nick, are know. you feeling like you need to see the uh, the resumes for the potential obviously. intern candidates? Yeah, obviously. Okay, I'll forge them over then. Yeah, we would like we would like to know who we might be interviewing. I will send them over. Remember, yeah. applications are open. You can go to Odyssey's website right now, search Kansas City. You'll be looking for a part-time promotional assistant. That is for a paid internship here at 610 Sports Radio. They're going to pass the applications on to us, and then the three of us will be produce, or, uh, will be taking on the interview and hiring process for future 610 Sports interns. Flexibility is nice. Uh, doesn't have to just be during this time slot, although we are looking for uh, several interns ourselves. Are we willing to pass them on to other shows? Yeah, I think actually that was part of the agreement is that it's, mm, a, station, it's a show, but it's also for the station. Yes. Okay. Fine. Which also opens up some of the time frame. So for people that maybe aren't available only from, you know, 10 to 2 or 9 to 1 or whatever, it can, it can help out otherwise. So get on there and apply and give us some options to choose between. Make it hard on us, right? Make us try to determine between several good candidates. What are we looking to hire? Three or four people? Yeah, I thought we settled on that. Okay. Huh. I think so. We already have enough. Like we just hire all all the people who've applied right now and be pretty good. Or you could apply. That's definitely not how decide. that works. We need four people. We only got four applicants. You're all hired. That's definitely not. I don't think that's how it's. <laughs> but at least I, I don't think that's how we should operate. I don't think that's how we should. But yes, we are. We are still looking for interns, as you as you pointed out there. All right, let's talk some Chiefs football because one thing was clear yesterday uh, that the talent level at defensive end and edge rusher in particular, at least the athleticism, I should say, f- plain and simple, is off the charts. Everybody was ooing and eyeing at the combine yesterday. Twitter was like drooling uh, at Nolan Smith and some of the, the the numbers he was putting up at the combine, combine including his forty time, uh, and, and that I think was a sign. Also, if you're a team of the Chiefs, while it's not the number one priority, but you know you can use some edge rush help. It's a deep edge rush class, and you're seeing the athleticism at a, at a greater scale than what it's really ever been at. Uh, each, each year, it seems like these guys it's getting more and more crazy for yeah. their size to be able to run as fast as they do and put up some of the numbers is, is ridiculous. Uh, and that's what happened yesterday. And it still feels like to me, if you're going to talk about the Chiefs getting better at pass rush this season, 
I think the draft is still where they need to focus their attention. Yeah, you can retain Chris Jones, of course. Uh, I'd be interested, as we all are, on, on finding a way to bring Frank Clark back. But I still think the draft for not only next year, but of course long term, the draft is still your your best opportunity to go ahead and, and find a solution at pass rusher to, to find a way to stay in the top five in sacks. You were number two last year. The problem is it doesn't even need to be top two, but like you said, top five, top 10. Don't fall back down to where you were. Don't let sacks become this. Maybe every other year conversation will figure it out. No, no. Try to have some consistent answers. And if you get the draft right one more time, you do. Because Chris Jones getting ready to get $120 million. George Karloftis had six sacks, which is about 35% more than the average rookie sack numbers. So it is not going to be crazy. Going into next year, we're sitting up in St. Joe Gold. We're going to be talking about how George Karloftis needs to turn into an 8-10 to sack guy. And that is not going to be an unreasonable argument considering what he showed in his rookie year. Okay, so all you're looking to is produce the other rookie stuff. You're looking to either replace Frank Clark or Saunders or Dana in the sack department, which means the same thing. You're looking for somewhere between three and six sacks. That's what you're trying to get out of the rookie class this year. And as good as the defensive lineman looked yesterday, at pick 20 to 31, let's say, let's let's lean into the, the possibility of moving up the draft as much as I think Clark Hunt would like the scene of. And for the final pick of the first round, your defending Super Bowl champs, this is the same thing. I'm a little worried yeah. they want to stay at 31 because that's a yeah. perfect scene. Be the perfect way, scene though. of being the final pick in the first round in the city in which your team plays is almost movie stuff. And I feel like you're going to be tempted to want to be that. But either way, if you're willing to trade up or not, there are a plethora of defensive line options based on the way that these guys already look. Because there were already thought to be three or four guys who should be somewhere in the top 15 based on talent, including guys like Jalen Carter, right? And so many others, and Will Anderson, et cetera. But the way some more of these guys performed, someone's fallen. One of these freaky athletic defensive linemen is going to be available in the later part of the first round. There just aren't enough names because three quarterbacks are going. There's a couple of wide receivers are going to go. There's a couple of corners that are just going to go. It's not going to just be defensive linemen filling up the rest of those spaces. So somebody's going to be similar to last year. Someone like Karloftis or a player of that caliber is going to be available to you near the bottom of the first round again. Yeah, it's I, your only way to maintain it for next year, in my opinion. Otherwise, the drop-off might be a little more severe, depending on what happens with Frank Clark. I, I think the, you know, last year they, they traded up to get a corner. They did not trade up to get Karloftis. And we talked about you know average sacks uh, usually for that position uh, where he was drafted is like three. He ended up with six. And so credit to them and credit to Karloftis in, in the development as the year as the year went on. Because, though, we're, we're all acknowledging who's likely to come back next year production-wise – Last year, I think we all was, we all were sitting here saying, "Man, they they have to go trade up and get that edge rusher. They got to go trade up and get that edge rusher." Yeah, it felt they, a lot more desperate this year. They didn't do it number one this past year, but also now, like this, to me, this is definitely not the year where I would think they would do that. Right? Like, I, I would be almost stunned if they traded up and it was for an edge rusher. But if it was the trade right up, guy there, why not for, trade up for a wide receiver? Trade up for a corner? Whatever you know, tight end positionally, I don't, I don't really care who they draft in the first. I really don't. I know we'll, we'll all settle in on a player or two that we really like as we get closer to the draft. We like, we will give our final picks and all that kind of stuff. And Bink has his mocks coming out, I think starting next week, but trading up for an edge rusher. I just don't know if it, it to everything you just said, Cody, I agree with you're telling me that some guys are going to be the, uh, that even more reason why I don't need to give up pick 31 and what you're saying about the chiefs wanting 
the first round pick. The first round pick, yes. I don't know if it matters if they're at 31 or 24. But you them do being, get the scene, being, right? Them being announced, though, on stage. In Final their home, pick in their of the first round. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. get it. But like to me, if they're the if they trade up to 27 and now the Super Bowl champion Chiefs are on the clock, the place is going to go nuts either way. You're right. And the, the scene will still be great. It's just like everything else is just like perfectly in line. And I know that it was coming off as like a backhanded or offhand comp comment from Clark Hunt. He's trying to defend it a little bit, but I, I think there was a level of truth to it. The idea of we're not going to trade a first round pick because we want to pick in the first round when Kansas City is in the draft. I don't think it should. He clarified it later, and he came out he did, and said but that he he mean basically he's not going to prevent if there was a great offer and opportunity he's not going to prevent. The that team means from, to me there's a certain amount of truth of I want a first round pick. Well, I think they again this goes back to they and want then it, I they will would prefer it. Yes, yeah, but if I get ninety, like a lot of times you might trade it on what you perceive to be ninety percent of the value you're looking for. Yeah, this is a good deal. This is ninety percent of what we were asking for. That's meeting even better than in the middle. Yeah. Let's take this deal. It makes sense for our organization coming off a of Super Bowl to acquire more premium picks in order to do it. I think this year, that ten percent is going to be a lot harder to swing everybody into doing it because they want the moment. Well, they're definitely not trading out of the first. Like, let's put it this way: if they're heading into draft night with the first pick, with the thirty-first pick, they're not. They're not going to get to thirty-one, and then Brett. V, they're not trading out of the first round. I'll tell you that. That that that's, no that, chance, that's right? not happening. Now, if there's an opportunity to go trade for a, you know, one of these wide receivers that we've discussed, or or just free agency open or not free agency, but the league year opens up on the 15th and there's an opportunity to go get an edge rusher. And that's how they want to go and do it. That's a whole different conversation, giving up first round picks for that. But once we get to draft night, if they have the 31st overall pick still, I don't, I don't believe they're trading out of the first round. <laughs> no, I don't think that's absolutely. Again, that means option. it's impacting their decision a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such a small one though. Trading out of 30, like, you know, that that one's not a big deal. That one I don't care about. If you tell me that they they make it a say like, hey, we're, we have the thirty first pick, we're picking at thirty one. I don't I don't care. That's fine with me. Trading up is fine though. It's, just, it's trading out of the first round, which would be a little bit of a bummer. But picking at twenty five or thirty one, who cares? It as really far depends as the, on being in Kansas City. Part of it. It really depends on kind of like yesterday's conference. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a top five offensive line or do you want to be a top five defensive line? And you know, how much more can you give or take depending on Patrick I mean, Mahomes and those things? They, this year, can't they be both? This year, <laughs> yes. Offensive line is basically that already. But it's still a long-term thought because depending on what you do in the first round, then it's a little bit harder to maintain that offensive line part of this conversation years and years in the future because if you just went out and drafted a guard again or a tackle again to replace right tackle, maybe one of those right tackles so you plan on being the left tackle, a la like Brandon Albert, right? The guy you're planning on being the future replacement there is going to replace Wiley this year, and then, oh, maybe he's yeah. the guy who takes over left tackle, then we're just trying to solve that again next year. All of those things will come into play. But this feels, the more and more I watch like the combine yesterday, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Go take one of those defensive linemen. Take one of those super athletic freaks. I don't know. We haven't gotten a mock draft from Nick today. I don't know if we are, but if it follows the mock draft model, Nolan Smith for a while there was supposed to be one of those guys who was going to be available from 20 to 30. Yesterday's performance probably straight up guarantees he won't be now, right? Oh, but guarantees. We have to remember there's always so much. Like, think about there's how tape. Many, you know there's yeah. there's great combine performances. It doesn't always uh, mean. But that. it usually drives you up. It certainly does. It very hurt. rarely just makes you stay the same. You usually go up a couple of picks at the very least. But there also will be somebody at another position that has a great 
performance in the 40 today or what or, or, or you know what i mean that that also might go up so therefore well, sorry, i think all the defensive linemen were yesterday so now I'm it's corners my, oh yeah so other my, players my, that will make the jump yeah no not defensive line i'm saying yeah like a wide receiver a corner or whoever just like oh wow that guy also is going up like i don't think there's a single defensive picks. lineman who helped his stock yesterday more than nolan smith i agree i agree with that are we done with the uh idea though that they need to find a different special teams option at kicker you want to be done with that yeah uh we were entertaining it towards the end I of the know. year when and then, and butker then, was missing a bunch of kicks and then butker had a game-winning kick in the afc title game and a game-winning kick in the super bowl i know he, also he, missed, missed, he missed a, kick a field goal he did he did i think they, still, they should bring somebody in for competition but the uh way everybody was feeling in october seemingly was all right yeah you got to get this is it this is it for him i think that i think that probably has been put to bed um bring in a kicker for competition but, like, no, they, but then you're kind of a, entertaining what we're talking about He's no, a, but there was a conversation of like, no, I don't care. Someone else has to be kicking for this team next year. That's what was happening in October. I don't think anybody's there anymore with that. I would definitely want to bring in another kicker for competition, yes. Because the question with Harrison Butker now is going to be, is it that he never recovered from that injury he suffered in week one in Arizona of all places, and because of that he never really found his sweet spot again, or is what happening to him happens to a lot of great kickers and borderline elite kickers. Like, look at the Chiefs. They have let go of Cairo Santos, who's like the 10th highest paid kicker in the NFL. They have let go of Ryan Suckup, who's like the 12th Neither highest paid kicker. Neither one had the leg that uh, kicker. No, that, they don't. Uh, Bucker had. That's why but obviously, they're off. still considered two of the top 15 kickers in the NFL. They keep finding work. Like, kickers have gotten better and better as time goes on. That's a little bit of the cost versus this. He's going to be $5 million next year. I'm not done with it. Pick 31. I'm not in you a want, hurry. Pick 31. No, Cody wants the that. Chiefs to go Sebastian janikowski oh lose, lose and go mind. draft a kicker at 31. That That's when, sounds like a horrible nightmare. Who was the who's the kicker the Bucks drafted in the first or second round that was a complete, just never, immediately got cut? major, like, he just couldn't handle the pressure. Ra, uh, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. God, what was his name? Al. Alvarez, no. Roberto Aguayo or whatever. Aguayo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he just, I, I mean, he was a second-round pick. Never take a kicker that high. This That's insane. Dumbest thing. And Definitely he, he don't also, do that. Oh, man. I mean, unless you for sure have a lock, you have like a look into the future, and you can guarantee they're Justin Tucker. But if it was just the injury, like then you should be like, if it injury. Well, I want to find off, out. Oh. That's why I do think you're right. Bring in competition. I'm yeah. saying don't just guarantee him his yeah, spot if he cost $5 million. Don't spend a draft pick on it, I, I, but bring somebody in. Make sure that he's your kicker, especially if he's going to cost that amount of money when most of the kickers in the NFL are going to cost half or less than what he does. What about your guy, Tommy Townsend? Are you good giving him a, a, a deal, Nick? I think uh, that's where, where things are headed for he's Tommy. He's earned it. He he's has? earned it. It's like so little uh, Number one punter in football last year, so yeah, I think that's earning it. You don't think he'll get complacent, you know, that top punter money? He is the last guy on the planet who would get complacent. The last guy on the entire planet, huh? Yep. He was locked in. He said he he had like a certain mental routine. He didn't want to share what his normal like mental like pregame routine was. He didn't really want to share that. He says like a private thing to him. What's a top punter cost? Like three million bucks. I think they'll be okay. You think they'll be fine? Yeah. You truly can't put a price tag on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The highest paid punter. Michael Dixon with the with the Seahawks, four year deal, fourteen point seven million. Boy, I don't know, fourteen million, huh? You get yourself a <laughs> you get yourself a below average wide receiver 6, at that price. Three point six million a year. That's it. 
That's yeah, the, the highest, highest paid punter. Three point six million a year. Yes. Okay. Then yeah, fine. Sure. Pay Tommy whatever he wants. Like that's the thing. I understand that Tommy five- Townsend was the twenty third highest paid punter this past season, or contract wise, was the third, the twenty third highest. But he only made seven hundred sixty four thousand. Like I understand that it's such a small number. You're like, what would it matter to pay Harrison Butker and Tommy Townsend forever? Right? How could this be a big deal? But the Chiefs are always going to operate within fractional, fr- you know, fractional margins inside of the cap. So I mean, five million. This yeah. is like the Clyde Edwards-Lair conversation we yeah. had. Saving three million dollars is not insignificant. That is, a, you know, that is money that can be well used I, by and, Kansas and all, City in a I'll, number of varieties. And I'll mention what I always mention when we, when you bring up that number. Or the same thing would apply here with kickers. It's not saving three million. You're still going to have to go and sign somebody else. So it's not saving three million. You no, still have I to replace, yeah. especially with kicker. You literally have to replace that position. So while you might save five, you might cut and save save five. You might only be saving like two and a half. Or three. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, from the the Clyde case, you'd only really be saving about $2 million if you paid a, you know, minimum salaried thing. But, I mean, with Butker, he's two years away. He's two years away from 30, and he's two years away from the end of his contract. Bring in a competition and just make sure. That's all I I am with him. Just make sure. That's all. Just make sure that he's your long-term guy. Still a top five kicker in the league. I think so, too. Odds are that he probably is, and you should play that. You know, you, you will likely play that out. But seeing how, again, after next year, it's the same thing. It's like after next year, you only have one year left on his deal. So then you got to have the conversation of, yeah. are you going to extend this guy, move the money around, give yourself the flexibility? Is this the kicker you want to go to in the future? And kickers seem like they're just going to play forever moving forward. The rate in which they hit is getting higher. And, it's, and their salaries stay low as a result of that. So it's not like I'm worried about which way to go. But this does feel like the year of make sure. Because when they... They brought over Harrison Butker. They weren't necessarily thinking like that. That was a supposed to be like, oh, we have an injury and we need a guy. And it was in the middle of the season. All of a sudden he was the kicker, man. You like as much as we say, you can't find left tackles anywhere gold or you can't find quarterbacks anywhere. Sometimes you just find kickers. Harrison Butker was on someone's practice. He wasn't even getting the job over Graham Gano in Carolina at the time. As silly as it seems now, you can find kickers kind of anywhere. You think they grow on trees, huh? No respect for the kicker position. Not like punters. You know, can't replace Tommy Townsend anywhere. Nick's right. Can't just find those guys. To really save cap space, you think they should just go for every fourth and every and every two-point conversion, so then just no need a kicker anymore. Don't even care. Or Nick's what, Nick, wasn't your original plan that the uh, Tommy Townsend do both? Yeah, that was his plan. You think we could teach Tommy Townsend to kick uh, extra points? Oh, I'm just saying, yes. you don't, you don't and go like for any side points, of like 40 for yard field goals? I don't know, for the occasional time. Just you go know. for two. All every time? time? Every time, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback. Of Andy Reid at the five-yard line, trick plays. They're going to hit fifty percent of those, aren't they? I think so. I think so. Why not? I was trying to decide if there's a way. We got to get Tommy. We got to get Tommy Townsend in studio this offseason just for Nick. Hey, a lot in common. You should grow your hair out like his. Oh, uh, my hair's too thin. I could never do it. <laughs> Probably true. Wow. You didn't have to agree with him just because he just, says it. it's like self-deprecating. Yeah, you don't have to. I, 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 reinforce I said it. probably true. Also, that that it, Tommy Townsend's got his his he's like with Palomalu, where it was like it's a very notable it's it's noticeable it's like it's uh I dare I say iconic now it's part of his brand. In solidarity, though, if they cut Tommy Townsend this offseason for what would be seemingly no reason, will you grow your hair out like Tommy Townsend's to show your support? Yes. Yeah, it's an easy bet for him to make because he's not going anywhere. I know, but I just want to I want to put it out there just on like the weird off chance something happened and Nick had to grow his hair out. Whoa. Right as I was asking if we were going to get one. 
It's a Friday, not a, not a popular mock draft day, but there is a new mock draft out. Had to scour the underbelly of the interwebs. This one comes to us courtesy of College Sports Wire. <laughs> okay. College Sports Wire. USA Never Today. heard of it, but okay. That is, that is USA Today, Gold. Okay. Good call, man. You're so abreast of uh, the media. Uh, thanks. And sister sites of popular media outlets. Yeah. This mock draft has the Chiefs at pick number 31 selecting Keon White, edge rusher of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. All right, someone's going to have to tell edge me if he's rusher. any good. I like he edge is, rusher again. That seems to be a very common theme. He is big. He is strong. He's not like <laughs> a – he's not your Nolan Smith type. He is okay. – uh, I think he weighed in yesterday. He didn't do any of the – Running? He didn't do the 40 or the running, so he didn't do the 40 or dash that the, – the, Splits, but he had a 34-inch vertical. 6'5", 285. 34-inch wingspan? That is... Or 34-inch arms, excuse this me. This is very much... Yeah, I was about to say, 34-inch wingspan. He's a little guy. He's a little T-Rex. <laughs> T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think that's going to work to play defensive end. <laughs> um... This sounds more like of the prototypical Spags defensive end size. Yes. Yes, Yeah, I mean, his, his comp is not going to excite anybody. I always like looking up the comp real quick on anybody that Nick brings up for these just because it gives people an idea. Uh, John Franklin Myers is who they compare him to. I've heard him compared to Cam Jordan. If that, uh, that that's one any I like, better. That, I, like that I like that comp that a lot one, better. That one seems a lot better. Yeah, that one people know. That one makes a lot of sense. Also, Cam Jordan, very good. That's, that's exactly right. But no, he's that's my I mean, favorite thing about him. Okay. Yeah. Feels like defensive end you is in? going to I'm be... in for a very good football player, yes. Are you going to start keeping track, Nick, of which players and how many times oh, yes. we've heard them? Well, we kind of did that vaguely last year. I think Because I don't think we've had a repeat name yet. By the way, well, I've done that on purpose. I don't I'm not going back to uh, eventually we'll get to the repeats, but I wanna I wanna continue keep the name to, fresh. to keep it diverse. And also guy what happens, and this is my least favorite part of mock drafts. Guys will mock a, a player to the Chiefs in their first mock draft, and in the next six versions of their draft, they just keep mocking this. They get sort of stuck in this idea that this well, team if believe, is... If you believe in that player going to that team, then then why would but you... That's, but that's why we got into the rut of everybody thinking that the Chiefs were taking Daxton Hill yeah. Thank God last year. Happen. Thank God it didn't happen. That would have been the worst thing ever. If the Chiefs would have selected Daxton Hill in the first round. Well, also just because Carl Loftus ended up being a six-sack guy, too. So. No, but I hated it then. I hated it long and before. they just didn't need like a Brian first-round Cook- safety. No. It's like a total- I would be mad again, by the way, this year if they spent an- another first-round safety. Be like, I don't want to do this. Keon White, uh, who Nick just mentioned in that mock, uh, this is from actually Lance Zerline over at NFL Network. Here's what he says a source told him about Keon White. You have to see him in person to get a feel for how he moves around, for how big he is. Really athletic with a high floor. He'll be a riser, a personnel executive for an AFC AFC team, told him. What's his uh, his motor? Is he high motor? Uh, He did make Bruce Uh, Feldman's freak list. Here's what it says in particular. Gas in the motor, Cody, and (laughs) and rallies through the block to the football. The ringer's draft guide, one of the three characteristics they say, Relentless motor. Wow. He's got, he's got gas high motor the, guy. Gas in the motor. Worked the last time. It did. George Carlotz is high motor guy. Hey, prime the pump, baby. That's right. That's right. Do you think that gold knows what that means? To prime the pump on the motor? I have mowed a lawn before. <laughs> Give me a bleep and break. <laughs> kidding me? Good uh, my Lord. answer was going to be yes. I think he knows that much. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Okay.
Appreciate that. It's easy to say that now, now that he's offended by the, the notion. What, you thought there was a chance he... No, I knew he had mowed his, I knew he mowed his parents' grass. Man, oh So man. it made it more fun. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, I do tend <laughs> to disagree with your guys' general notion that oh. the Chiefs wouldn't trade up to get an edge rusher. No, I, a, did, I didn't miss me. That was more out. There's a guy that they love. Like, if Keon White's at 23 and they're, they think he's great, why not make that move? How Especially far? You, I mean, are we, I mean, are we go thirty-one to twenty-six or thirty-one to nineteen? You know, there's a big difference. I think, yeah, it all depends on who the prospect is and where, you, like, where you think he's going to go. Here's the question: You're right. You're going to start doing that math in your head of going through the next five teams that are picking and saying, "Are any of them interested?" Yeah. Which positions do you think they'd move up for? I don't think they're moving up for corner for a second no, consecutive year. I think, year. It's, wide, wide I think it's edge, wide receiver, and I think. Tight I end. think tight end. I really do. You think move up for yeah. a tight end? I, see, okay, I think so here's it's the thing, bigger... Cody. You said it earlier this show that you always have referred to Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver because of yeah. the numbers that he puts up. They might view it similarly. Pass catcher, right? Hey, give us tools. Andy Reid will find a way to make an elite offense with them. Patrick Mahomes will find a way to get them involved in the offense. Only way I think they move up for offensive linemen is if Orlando Brown Jr. is not going to be back here next year. And I think... As much as that would be my preference, that's a lot of moving parts to get done between now and April. Yeah. Like, trades can come together very quickly. But, but four weeks? You're going to try and work on a long-term extension before that. That's the only way I see them moving up for an offensive lineman. No other position makes any sense, right? Just those three? Not moving up for a safety, not moving up for a corner, no. not moving up for a linebacker. No. Nothing else is logical besides those for the no. Chiefs this year. That's kind of it. Tight end, I guess you might be right, Nick, if they just look at it from a pass catcher perspective, which is fine. I mean, it, that I I really wouldn't have a problem at all. I know we've differed on the tight end position. Like, I I would have no problem in spending their first round pick, and even if that means they trade up a few spots to go find find that what they view as not only just a maybe a replacement, but also to Nick's point, like just another weapon. While Travis Kelsey is here. They think can be a huge weapon. He can line up in the slot even as a, as a, but he can he can play in multiple spots. I, I wouldn't hate that at all. I did see one of the draft prospects at the combine. One of the wide receivers said, "Oh no, the Packers are definitely interested in wide receiver." How hilarious would it be if they Aaron Rodgers retired and then the first thing they did was draft <laughs> a be, first round yeah. wide receiver. By the way, they, they prob- never they drafted actually- a first round wide receiver or pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers the entire time he's been their quarterback. And then he leaves, and then immediately they're like, let's get a wide receiver. We should get a wide receiver. It actually, I know it's a, it, we're joking about it, but it actually would make more sense than ever because you would have a crappier quarterback. And so, yeah, you better make sure he's got some wide receivers around him. Yeah, but I mean, you had long enough to take oh, a I, shot I, at I, wide I, receiver. I know, but if Jordan loves my quarterback, yeah, I then better, you make, have to, I, I have better to. make sure, sure I have some playmakers around because he's sure as hell not elevating everybody. No, <laughs> that's not happening. All right, that's the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending and talk some Royals baseball. Salvador Perez did something that's pretty rare for him yesterday, and it got us thinking about where he should be playing this entire year. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.